Welcome back to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I am your host, Aaliyah. And I'm Emily. Yep, this is the second week in a row we've got my sister Emily on the podcast. If you enjoyed last week's episode, I am so happy if you did, because I enjoyed talking with my sister for over two hours of psychological thriller. And other things. And other things. Because <laughs> we have, like you, like, you could tell we're sisters. We just go off on random tangents when we're trying to stick to one topic. It's that ADHD brain. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found, well, I don't know if you were there when Dad told me that he had adult ADHD, or he got diagnosed with that. It makes sense. Well, one day, we, we were like, I can't remember when this actually happened, but like, he and I were sitting next to each other, and we must have been eating something, but he turned to me and goes, child of mine. He's like, I have something to tell you, and I'm like, what? He's like, I have to, he's like, I owe you an apology. He's like, I've just been recently diagnosed with adult ADHD, and I feel like I may have passed that on to you. Due to your struggles in school, and I was like, makes sense. Same. I'm gonna go. But yeah, we we kind of all have that thing yeah. that makes us a little bit bit weird. Yeah, I got a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a lot. <laughs> but ADHD is not the only thing we have in common. This week we're talking about true crime. I mean, we're playing a true crime quiz again, but I I felt it was appropriate to have my sister on for the show since she is the. You are the closest person in my life, aside from Colin, who enjoys true crime. Colin doesn't give two shits about true crime stuff. Oh, come on. I know. I have tried to get that guy to watch some true crime stuff. Oh, yeah. It's literally like pulling teeth. Yeah. And I even was talking to this about, like, with his friend today. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I can understand not liking true crime. Like, some people don't like it. He's like, but, you know, his friend likes it and other people that we know like true crime stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, with me and Colin, it's like, I have to try to encourage him to watch it. And I think in the eight years he and I have been together, he and I have only watched three true crime documentaries together. The Mm -hmm. Night Stalker docuseries, the John Wayne Gacy tapes, and then another one called Athlete A. Okay. They're all on Netflix, but Athlete A was just nasty yeah no, i don't know if i'd watch that yeah but you and i we have been true crime fans i feel like for a very long time starts with that uh id discovery show yeah. or channel where it has like dateline snapped oh oxygen uh, yeah. yeah what was one of the other ones we watch i remember and i you and I listen to Morbid True Crime podcasts. I've mentioned them a lot on this podcast, yes, but I very much am a fan. They have also admitted that in their childhood, they used to watch the E Hollywood <gasps> Channel and I the Countdowns. Love, yeah. I loved the E. Yeah, whenever it was like celebrity, like celebrity murders and true crime. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, those were fascinating to watch yes i don't mean to get like pumped up like we're getting yeah no we're not not like cool with murder yeah that's not it but it's just so like interesting to think about and talk about it because see like if you had asked me when i was younger what my favorite true crime case was i would have said the manson family murders Mm -hmm. but now i'm 29 years old and i've listened to a bunch of podcasts docuseries and documentaries and read a bunch of articles and stuff it's hard to narrow down my absolute favorite but yeah. it's it's just interesting to kind of like 
talk about. And then they like to have somebody like you to like bounce off ideas and like thoughts and stuff with, as opposed to Colin, who just sits there and is like, can we not talk about Ted Bundy for like the hundredth time in like two weeks? Like, yeah. It's just, it's hard to kind of like unpack everything that you listen to when it comes to true crime. Mm hmm. But do you have a favorite case that you um, read about or listen to or trying to think? I don't really have favorites. I have ones that, like, will make me so angry. Right. Ted Bundy comes to mind when I think of those ones. Him, but you know who makes me even more angry? Hmm. John Wayne Gacy. Right. As, after watching the Confession Tapes docuseries, I, I was livid. I was like, I want them to resurrect him just so I could... Punch choke, him in the face. Choke his fat little neck. Right. I hate him. I can't stand him. He's so he, annoying. He really is. And when you, if you watch the docuseries on Netflix, he is a fucked up person. Yeah. And yep. did I, did I tell you that, oh God, we, when we first started talking about true crime on this podcast, it was a true crime trivia mm-hmm. episode. And I had based a lot of my questions off of a book <laughs> called Serial Killer Trivia mm-hmm. Yes. I bought it. I bought the book on Amazon. I still have it. Mm-hmm. One of the questions is, where is John Wayne Gacy's brain? And apparently... Didn't they lose it? No. No. Whose no. brain did they lose? Wasn't there one that they they kept it because they wanted to look and see... Was it Ted Bundy? No, Ted Bundy wasn't. I don't think it was Ted Bundy, but John Wayne Gacy's brain... So, while he was incarcerated and awaiting his death sentence, he was interviewed extensively by psychiatrists and specialists who just wanted to know why why you did what you did. Because he's disgusting and he's human garbage. Right. He is... This is my new favorite thing to call people who I can't stand or who are, like, just despicable people. (laughs) Sorry for people who are going to be grossed out by this. (laughs) Um... He is what I like to call the dick cheese of of society. Right. (laughs) The nasty Fremunda cheese of society. (laughs) That is what he is. But apparently one of the doctors or psychiatrists who, like, worked with him and interviewed him, like, she spent hours upon hours of interviews with him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually where they got most of the tapes from for that documentary. Yeah. But he had, like, in his... uh, I don't want to say will, but in his, like... Yeah, like his last wishes. He wanted yeah. his um, brain and stuff to be donated to science or something. Yeah, he wanted... Or research. Yeah, he wanted his brain to be researched to see if he truly had something that was physically or mentally wrong with him. They could find no such thing. Nope. So she's got his jar kept in formaldehyde in her basement. Yuck. Which I find intriguing, but still gross. Yeah. <laughs> Very gross. I would not, uh, honestly, I would, because I know it would, like, piss him off, Mm -hmm. I would throw that in the garbage. Right. (laughs) I'd throw it in the garbage and have it end up in, like, some dump somewhere and be like, "Mm, that's how significant you are. Yeah. Your brain belongs in the trash. Right. (laughs) So you, how many, like, well, I I guess it's hard to kind of, like, keep track of how many we both have seen, but which documentary or docuseries have you watched that is the most intriguing for you? The most intriguing, probably just because I'm, like, fascinated by it. And it isn't even really, I mean, there, there is, it is kind of true crime because 
Um, he wasn't like an infamous serial killer or anything like that, but it's um, it's called The Many Faces of Billy Mulligan. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that, that recently. He, he had dissociative identity disorder, or so they believe. Okay. It's very much like heavily debated. That's where like a majority, I mean, they touch on the crimes that he committed, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is very much like the polarizing like opinions of like people and not just like everyday people but like people within like the psychology community like Mm -hmm. you know psychologists and psychiatrists who absolutely wholeheartedly believe that he had dissociative identity disorder right and then people in that community who thought he was just faking it right in like putting on a show to get out of like his crimes and stuff right that one i thought was very interesting because Mm -hmm. it does touch a lot on like the psychology of that sort of stuff and it also it's just very conflicting but as far as like true crime in the sense of like the ted bundy tapes or the john wayne gacy tapes or things like that one of my favorite documentaries or docuseries was that one it was like a series and each episode was a different case case. is it catching a killer or something like that I think, is that the one that had BTK on Yes. It? Yes. That one I liked yeah. a lot. That, that one, one was, was interesting. really cool. And I remember that one, too. They also had, like, Eileen Warnos in it. Yes. That one was an interesting one, too. She doesn't really get talked a lot about often when it comes to, like, the true crime community. Yeah. And if she, And if she is, it's very much like... Heroism? Yeah. Yeah, because... Or, like overtly because she was a sex worker and that's how she lured men in it was very much like overly sexualized and or like you said like heroism like oh these men were like bad men and she was like doing justice like vigilante stuff and i was like "Mm, not necessarily like yes she did have a lot of bad stuff happen to her and and i do feel horrible for her as a person as far as like what she went through growing up right but like you can't you can't take one you can't take the law into your own hands right two these men didn't know you right yes they picked you up in with the idea of sexual favors for money right and some of them may have been married well that's their own moral struggle right you can't kill people over stuff like that I think the thing with Eileen Warnos is that, like you said, because she's a woman, she was a sex worker, you know, she, a lot of people felt like she was serving this vigilante justice in terms of, like, well, I'm ridding the world of all the bad men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in your in your line of work, you're, you're essentially working with total strangers who mm-hmm. don't know you, who are seeking you out for sexual purposes. Yeah. I think when you get to the point of, like, killing them and then taking their valuables like she stole someone's car and sold it yeah she stole someone's possessions and sold sold it that's where Mm -hmm. you kind of like cross that line yeah yeah you're no longer protecting yourself from these people you are going out of your way to lure these people yeah into harm's way and you are robbing them in the process like that's where you go from being a vigilante to a total criminal right so that's what I think about when I think of Eileen Warnos. But I will say the most intriguing case that I've heard so far was the John Edward Robinson episodes on Morbid. Was he the one that scammed? 
yeah, scammed people. Yeah, he was. He started out as a con man in the eighties. Yes, and then when the internet broke out and chat rooms were opening yeah. up, he oh, used the he internet so to. Yeah, he used the internet to lure women to his hometown, and then somewhere along the way, murdered them, and mm -hmm. then stole all their stuff and yeah. possessions and things. Yeah, it, like one and of the, the one lady had a daughter. He, yeah, he's basically sold because it wasn't like a legit yeah. adoption right he like sold the baby to his brother which right. is like that's disgusting right messed up. and that that one like it rocked me because i was like holy shit because he like, how did he not go to jail way sooner for the rest right. of his life there were so many times where i'm just like well I guess we're just going to keep letting him get away with stuff. It's right. fine, I guess. Whatever. I mean, just, despite the fact that, first and foremost, when he was a con person, he was somehow obtaining all these jobs with no credentials, no, like, yeah. resources or anything. Scamming, like, it, the the first few jobs that he had were he all... He stole. He like, stole stuff, yeah. Substantial amounts of money. Yeah. From and them. then he organized a, like, a charity of some kind and was embezzling from that. Yeah. And then from there, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to start a program that yeah. is going to help young women turn their lives around and, you know, get better. And what does he end up doing with that? He picks these women up, kills them along the way. Yeah. And not, not even before, like, he makes them sign things. Over, like, it's pretty much sign over everything, did Yeah. And there were, like, a, with the, with, I believe with his first two, he had them sign blank papers <gasps> And yeah. then write notes to their parents or their family saying that they had run away and never wanted to see them again. And that's, like, fucked up shit. Yeah. That's the one that, like, to me sticks out the most thus far because it's so, like, he was very... That's evil. Th yeah, like, that that's is evil like, to a whole nother level. Yeah. Because, like, the first woman, I believe, was, like, Paula Godfrey. He picked her up from her parents' house. Yeah had her sign all these blank papers and sign over everything mm -hmm. to him yeah. and then after like a week of her family not hearing from her he sent them a letter with her signature on it saying i had run away start over i'm happy and i'm fine but i don't want to see you ever again like that is fucking evil yeah like to a whole other level yeah that is a full-on like predator he was yeah he is a predator yeah I will say, like, in terms of true crime documentaries, I think the most intriguing one I have seen so far, and I, I mentioned it a couple times on the podcast, but it's called Murder Among the Mormons. I have started it. Okay. I've watched, is it, it's a series, right? Yeah, it's like a four, I think it's a four-part series. Yeah, I yeah. started or no, I finished the first episode. I'm on the second one. But mm -hmm. I haven't, like, I literally started the next episode, paused it, and haven't started it up again. Right. But. I will say it was one of those cases that I went into not knowing anything about it. I just mm -hmm. saw the title, Murder Among the Mormons, and I watched the mm -hmm. trailer, and I was like, oh, this is going to be some shady shit mm -hmm. that involves the Mormon church, and it's going to be, it's going to unravel everything about that religion. And it ended up taking a total left turn, like yeah. we mentioned in the last episode, and it blindsides you with the truth, and it's like, holy shit. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it, it blew my mind. It was such a good documentary. Yeah. But you want to know one I am waiting for them to do for Netflix? I'm waiting for them to do an Edmund Kemper docuseries. Oh, I don't ever want to hear. I know. I don't ever want to hear. Just because I don't want to hear him talk about the women that he murdered and his mom and stuff oh, like yeah. that. That is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I think it would make me physically sick. Right. Because he hates women so much. Right. And it's like... I understand that your mom was probably not the best lady. Right. And that you, like, went through some stuff in your childhood and, like, you know, I get I get that it wasn't great. Yeah. But, like, yikes, man. Right. That would make I mean, me... <laughs> to, to, to murder her with a hammer was one thing, but then to, like, do everything, single thing he did with her corpse yeah. afterwards... And her head. Yeah, it was disgusting it was so gross it was so gross i think if i ever heard him talk about it i would be physically sick i'm only intrigued because he he went to jail a couple times like this is his second time now in prison and the first time he was in prison he people have reported that he was like a model prisoner and apparently since he's been in jail he's been doing pretty good behavioral wise like he hasn't started any fights he's been denied parole many times because they're like literally if we send you out out you're gonna just continue to do it but okay but do you remember at the end of the morbid podcast when they talked about him that apparently he, he does like yes i was just about he, to say he, it he does audio recordings yeah. for children's books yeah and i'm like i would never yeah i i would that's too much that's going down a completely different path in that's life from much. what you were originally doing that's too much Although, i don't want children listening to him read children's stories that's that's no right that's a hard although i will say though that colin actually did quite enjoy the night stalker docuseries on netflix brian did too really yeah and he's not a true crime person either yeah do you think it might have been because of like the detectives in it probably i mean maybe i gotta ask colin because when i talked to him about it today i said well which one did you like so far he's like i did like the night stalker documentary he's like i thought that one was pretty informative and i'm like i think it's because the, de- the detectives pretty much narrated the whole thing and they, yeah. they were like so here's step by step our investigation on him i think brian liked that piece yeah he likes that piece he doesn't like to hear about the actual true crime right. piece because then he's like i don't want to listen to that there was one scene in that docuseries that I pointed out to Colin that he thought was pretty interesting is when they tracked down the Avia shoe and yes. which which one yeah however yeah the mayor I have bitched about her incessantly I I don't mean to tap on the thing but I had talked about it last time we did a true crime trivia with Colin I mm-hmm. asked him the question I couldn't tell you her name. Oh, oh, Diane Feinstein. I yes. remember that bitch's name. Aaliyah's like, I got her. <laughs> I got her name. I got her locked and loaded just in case I ever got a... Right? Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't She's have like, it. I've committed her to memory. I hate her so much. <laughs> I really do. But the question, I believe, was who held a press conference and released all the information on the Night Stalker See, case? I, I would have told you the mayor. She was San Francisco, right? Yeah. I would have said the mayor of San Francisco wouldn't have been able to tell you her name. Diane fucking Feinstein. Yeah. Her I job. just remember she was kind of a bitch. I was like, listen, yeah. honey. Don't be doing that. I will keep saying this until she actually does resign from being a politician, but she... Oh, is she still? Yeah. She looked like she was 60 
in the Night Stalker documentary. Right. She looked ragged. But here's the thing. How is she still alive? How does she still have a fucking job is what I want to know. Like, I Yeah, she really she, almost completely ruined an entire police right? investigation. Like, she, ma'am, what are you doing? She's 89 years old today. Is she still is she still in politics? Yes. For real? Yeah. Let's see. There's no way. They ha- I'm sorry. Can I just I know this isn't a, bo- a political podcast. Right. But can I just make a statement? Sure. There needs to be a cap. Yes. An age cap on how old you can be and still serving in politics. We should not have 89-year-olds serving in politics. Right. There's got to be a fucking cap. There should be a cap. 65. Yeah. Like, 65 and should and be the cap. That is the Retirement standard, age. Yeah, that is the standard retirement age almost across the board in America. That should be the same policy for politics. Yeah. You can't be in your 80s and dictating other people's lives right. supreme court right um, <laughs> um i'm just but, saying but diane feinstein should have lost her fucking job oh, when yeah. she had that press conference that's she should have fucking resigned uh, at that point. what do they call it interfering interfering with police investigation yes. you can go to jail for that that's otherwise an offense she should have right been in a lot more trouble right did someone not warn no they told her right didn't someone well, warn her not to well Here's the thing, because because the Night Stalker case happened in multiple jurisdictions in the state of California, it didn't get to them it, not to release everything. Not really, and I mean, when it came to the uh, city of San Francisco, they had their own jurisdiction of, but it wasn't the main two detectives who had consulted with her not to hold this press conference. She, I think, she just kind of like did it on her own fruition, thinking that the people need to know what the police know. And not fully realizing the severity of her actions, it's like... Carrillo. Carrillo. I'm sorry, I apologize. Frank... Or no. Gil Gorilla. Gil Gorilla. Or Carrillo. Carrillo. With I a C, sorry. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, she should have known the severity of her actions there. And I feel like because she just... After she just she, went on TV and started saying things. And right. then she was like, peace out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And, and because of that... Sorry, I made the, the it's okay. audio thing jump. I do a lot worse on this, so I'm, I'm totally okay with that. But, like, after she gave that press conference, mm-hmm. and Richard Ramirez was watching this, yeah. he tossed the shoes yeah, over the Golden State Bridge. Almost could have completely... And they never recovered those sneakers. Could have completely screwed up the investigation right. 100%. They never so found those sneakers. Yeah. I was so fucking pissed. Yeah. I was like, can you not be a politician anymore? Yeah. Like, can we just stop? Can you <laughs> just not? <laughs> right? When I get really passionate about stuff and I talk so much, my throat dries out, so I have to take sips of water. No, you're good. All right, so I feel like we've talked enough about true crime. We'll go and get into the quiz. So when we do true crime trivia, usually me or Colin will like conduct a series of uh, general questions about true crime. Today, I decided to do something a little bit different. So we haven't fully talked about cults except from last week's episode when we talked about psychological thrillers. But we are going to be talking about cults a little bit in this uh, trivia case. Yay! Or not case, but like trivia quiz. Yes. Game. So I've conducted about 15 questions of different cults. And we did talk about this before we came on the podcast. I'm going to give you three chances to try to guess the answer. If you can't get it by then, you don't get a point. 
Okay. And I will tell you what the answer is. But if you truly, truly don't know, you don't want to think too hard about it, then you can just tell me, you know, I don't pass. know, pass, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you the answer. Okay. But then we can probably, like, talk about them along the way. Because some yes. of these are, like, very interesting, and especially with the, um, Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey docuseries <gasps> oh. that just came out last month. Yes. That's nasty. It is very much so. I... I was at a wedding shower a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I heard someone mention, oh yeah, something about this documentary about the FLDS church, and I was like, you mean, keep sweet, or what is it, keep, keep sweet, pray, and obey? Yes. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I fucking loved watching that. <laughs> I was like, oh, it was so good. I know, like, and you know how, like, it's gotta be weird for people on the receiving end of those situations where you're just like out in public and then all of a sudden you hear somebody mention like a little bit about true crime be like you want to talk about true crime i could talk about true crime for hours like yeah i know any t like colin gets worried anytime we go anywhere and it was like he's like don't mention ted bundy to Aaliyah. and then if like i pop up i'll be like let's talk about fucking ted bundy for like 10 <laughs> hours <laughs> let's let's complain about ted bundy for eternity because right. that man let's never let that man rest because right. he is the worst he is the absolute worst. I can go on for hours, but I'm not going to go there. It's I will right. say I though, feel the same way about BTK and John Wayne Gacy. You know what's funny? The way that most people, especially uh, Ash and Elena from Morbid, the way they feel about BTK is the same way I feel about Arthur Shawcross. <gasps> I did. Yes. I did a two-part episode on his case He's on the so podcast. Disgusting. He is disgusting. But you want to know the thing that like really irked me. And a lot of people do this. It's not just serial killers. It's people in everyday life. But when they over-exaggerate certain things about themselves to try to make themselves sound interesting, and you can just tell, like, it's not. Like, BTK, he over-exaggerated a lot yeah. of things about his past that were just absolutely not true. Yeah. And there is a documentary on Netflix called Interview with a Serial Killer, I yes. believe. I did not like that documentary. No. No. First of all... I mean, it's informative about the case. That's the only thing I like about that documentary. The only thing that really ticked me off was the aftermath after his arrest, after his oh, trial. his family. They would send in, like, specialists, psychiatrists, people to actually sit down and interview and talk to him. And he would just create these episodes where he was, like, going under like hypnosis and re reliving these things that didn't happen in his life and it's mm -hmm. like these these doctors are like eating the shit up oh yeah like oh we've just proved that this guy has like multiple personality disorder or he's got like he's sexually abused as a child it's like no he wasn't no no he's just a disgusting individual who yeah. knows how to play the system right for, for a guy who had a low IQ, like, he knew how to fucking play people. And yeah. the thing that really, like, solidifies it for me, and I covered this on our um, podcast, but even when he was, like, after he was arrested and in jail and was alive, he would conduct interviews from prison. And depending on who was interviewing him, he would try mm -hmm. to s spin, like, so many different stories. Mm -hmm. So if he had male interviewers, he would talk about the time he supposedly served in war. Which, yes. by the way never served no. time in the military. Nope. He was stationed at a facility in Kentucky. He never went overseas or anything. Yeah. But he claimed to have a kill count of like in the 60s, like high 60s. It's like oh bullshit. Gosh. But if he had a female interviewer, he would talk about the gruesome details of the case mm -hmm. in detail just to watch him squirm, which 
just proves to me he's that disgusting. yeah exactly like he's a sick sick person yeah like that just proves to me that arthur shawcross was a piece of shit person who in no way shape or form was being truthful about any of the things no. he said about his life no. the only thing he felt like was truly noteworthy were either the lies he had fabricated about his past or the crimes he had committed that just shock people mm-hmm. because at least like if you did what he did you have something to talk about yeah. that makes you seem interesting which is what most of these people do when they yeah. commit crimes i hate to go off topic again like no, we do all okay. the time but he's just one of those cases that really fucking irks me yeah. and it, and it, because it's a local one for us yeah. it's even more shameful i live n- near i currently live near where the last body where they caught him oh where they trying caught him? to northampton park okay yeah i'm not that far from northampton park i'm yeah. like literally like 10 15 minutes away yeah so like i mentioned in the in that podcast i would recommend going to check out those episodes because i i try to cover as much as i can so he would pick up most of his victims on lyle avenue and then he would dump their bodies somewhere on the Genesee River, like along the Genesee River. Mm-hmm. One of those places was Turning Point Park mm. over off of Lake Avenue. Yeah. My friends used to go hiking there all the time. And I did not realize that that was one of those places until I started looking into that case. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I used to go hiking there. Now that just makes me feel like weird yeah. about being there. Yeah, I've been, I've been to Northampton Park and I'm just like, huh, we used to go sledding there. Really? With the Joanne. <gasps> oh, no. And I, I don't know if he was caught there, but it was there. There was someone, like, flying, like, a plane or, like, a helicopter, and they oh, saw yeah. him trying to, like, dump a body. Because there's, like, a little bridge. Well, they believed he was either urinating or masturbating in that, on oh, that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. they were like, hey, let's go talk to this person, because they're just hanging around this place where we just found a body not too long ago. Yeah. So... And one of the FBI profilers even said that your suspect is more than likely going back to the crime scenes and reliving those moments. Oh, so yeah. they they followed up and there he was. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. And then I was like, that's shit. kinda disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of kind of taints any mm. type of memory I have of that place. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this in that episode, but you remember uh Krista's first apartment with Carlos? Yes. So Emily's best friend Krista and Colin's best friend Carlos are a couple, and their first apartment apartment together was right next door from Arthur Shawcross's apartment building. Was it really? Yeah. And you want to know something even creepier? So across from the building used to be the Genesee Hospital. Yeah. You and I were born there. A lot of people we know were born there. It Our has since aunt worked there for a little bit. She was in the emergency room. Aunt Joanne? Mm-hmm. Colin's aunt Sue worked there too as a nurse mm-hmm. and it has since been closed down and has been demolished and they're rebuilding a new facility but at one point in time aunt sue said oh yeah arthur shawcross used to go there all the time for the cafeteria food we'd see him in passing he came in every day and ate the cafeteria food yuck yeah but i'm sitting there listening to her talk about this i'm like you saw a serial killer in your hospital cafeteria and you didn't even know. She's like, no. She's like, none of us knew. She's like, anybody who talked to Arthur Shawcross then didn't think that he would be capable of it because of how, you know, the type of person he was. Mm-hmm. He wasn't all that bright. 
he wasn't like the most healthiest guy he was like out of shape but nobody thought he was that kind of like person they just thought that Mm -hmm. like Edmund Kemper he was just a guy who liked to impress people or like to shoot the shit Mm -hmm. but that that hearing that about him was like oh that's jarring yeah all right so let's get to the quiz I know (laughs) it's okay I know this is fun though I mean like I said I like having somebody on the podcast that I can talk about this stuff to because it's fun to like I almost said dissect but I was like no that's not right unpacking is more of the term I'm looking for yeah alrighty question one and I'm probably gonna butcher the name of this cult and I shouldn't apologize because they're bad people but what type of chemical did Om Shinriko release into a subway in 1995 the year you were born was it anthrax no no? Mm-mm. Oh, what is it? I was going to say, have you ever heard of the Om Shinriko? Ye- yeah. Okay. Because I only heard about it a couple times in, like, the Crime Countdown podcast. Ye- yeah. Oh, my God. I know this because I heard, I, was, I heard something about them not too long ago. I think it was maybe on, I don't know, I listened to. It's bad. I have, yeah. like maybe like 10 to 12 podcasts that I listen to on rotation. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's 12. Because I have one, two, three. I think only like three of them are non-true crime. Okay. And then the rest are. And I'm like, wow, that's a problem. But um, what was it? Not like mustard gas or anything, was it? It is a type of gas, but I don't think it's mustard gas. I have one more gas. Yeah, I was going to say, you got one more. Was carbon monoxide? No. No. It was sarin gas. Sarin gas. What is that? I don't know. Let me look that up. But they released it onto a subway in Japan in 1995, which is the year you were born. Oh, God. That's, well, that's not. <laughs> so... Sarin is an extremely toxic synthetic organophosphorus compound. It's a colorless, colorless, odorless liquid and is used as a chemical weapon due to its extreme potency as a nerve agent. Oh. Yeah. It was not fun. Okay, well, I didn't get a point on that one because I'm like, I have no clue. Oh, God. Am I- I've heard of them, but I couldn't tell you anything about like what kind of gas they use. There are still people in, like... Yeah, there's they're still active. I mean, yeah. their leader has since been arrested and put away, but yeah. their their cult are, are, their cult is still currently active. Some yeah. of these are still active today. Yeah. This next one we actually talked about in the last episode. Oh, but yeah. What was the name of the congressman who visited the People's Temple in 1955? The People's Temple was Jonestown. Yeah. God, these are hard. <laughs> are they? The name of the congressman. Yeah. So a, a congressman from California flew to, flew, flew to Guyana with a news crew to uh, observe the community that Jones yeah. had built. And somewhere along the way, some of his people were sneaking uh, messages to the congressman yes. or telling him yeah, that the, it, everything that was going on there. Yeah. And this got back to uh, Jim Jones, and that's when he decided, okay, the congressman needs to leave. Yeah. And we are all finally going to die together. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Can I have a hint? It's hard to say without really giving much away. 
I mean, because I, I, aside from this, unfortunately, aside from this instance, I don't really know the, the anything about him. Yeah. Oh, no. no. I, I can only say he has the same name as a zodiac sign. I'm like, <laughs> going through the zodiac, yeah. like, which one sounds like a legit name? Yeah. So, do you give up or do you want to oh, try to guess? Lord. I'm trying to think of what name sounds like a zodiac sign. I don't know. Okay, well, you've got. Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, I think Gemini's next, I might be wrong, Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, oh, Leo? Yeah, Leo. Leo, Leo, Leopold Blue? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, Leo, is it like a, is it like a, like a white person name, just like a yeah. generic white person? Generic. I mean, his last name is also a first name. It could be used as a first name. I don't know. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> curve my face with my notebook. I know you like like wow those wheels in there are spinning real hard. For <laughs> yeah. Like I'm watching the wheels turn behind your eyes, and I was like, oh my god, did I make this? <laughs> um, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I already lost a okay. point. I think Leo Ryan. Oh, jeez. So yeah, con- Congressman Leo Ryan. They were told to leave. And him and the film crew tried to leave on the plane. Like you mentioned in the last episode, there was a movie that had shot a similar scene yeah. in which the news crew, they tried to leave, and Jones's men came and shot them before they were able to take off. Yeah. Okay, number three. <laughs> this one, I'm hoping you'll know. What true crime cult case is related to the cursed film Rosemary's Baby? Uh... Not the Manson one. Yeah. Oh, is the Manson? Yeah, the Manson yeah. family. Yes, I thought. So Roman Polanski, who was the director of Rosemary's <coughs> Baby, his wife Sharon Tate and her friends all were killed by Manson's followers. Yes. It's been adapted a lot in other films and movies, so it's weird because mm-hmm. it's a true crime case, and we we did do an episode also about true crime cases uh, adapted into movies and films or t- TV shows. But when they do something like that, I don't know. I don't want to say it's in bad taste, but mm-hmm. it almost kind of is when you kind of like popularize it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have you seen have you seen that show yet? The thing about Pam. I have not. No. It is odd. And then, I mean, we're recording this like the week after like Morbid recorded some like they did an episode last week where they interviewed with the writer yes. of the book Bone Deep yes. that covers that case mm-hmm. and he, they asked him like how did you feel about the show and he's like I thought it was odd he's like I thought it was odd that I was told from the point of view of Pam yeah he's like but then when you like watch it more towards like the middle and end it starts to kind of make sense and it's you know starts to become more interesting mm-hmm. so I was like okay Alright. Interesting. Okay. So number four. What was the name of the spacecraft Marshall Applewhite predicted would carry Heaven's Gate members to the next level of existence? That's an odd one. Like that that cult itself. Uh hmm? something Bob, right? Yeah. I almost thought you had said it because I could see your lips moving and I'm, I'm like, like it's something Bob and I can't remember what the first job is. It, it's essentially a comet, but he... Oh, Haley Bob? No, not Haley. Bob. Hale Bob. Yeah. So, yeah, for, for the rest of the people, it was just a comet that was passing through our yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. 
to Marshall Applewhite and the rest of the uh, Heaven's Gate followers, it was a spacecraft. But yeah, I thought that the the whole Heaven's Gate thing is odd. Like my toes. It's a, it's, it's another cult that is still currently active to this day, and its its website apparently is still up and running. And then I think it was you that told me that Bailey Sarian actually has a copy of like their manuscript or uh, handbook. Yeah, they, of some kind. She found it. Where did she find it? Maybe online? Someone was selling it. Really? Online or something like that. Like the the actual like book that you would get when you would join. That is odd. And I'm like, um, I kind of want to read that. Oh boy. Okay. Number five. Boop. What was the name of the commune that headquartered the Branch Davidians? Your eyes got wide for a little bit. I'm like, oh god, did I stump her again? The compound had a name? Yeah, so their compound, um, well, I shouldn't say compound, but their commune, you've seen the structure. It's mm-hmm. like a series of buildings, kind of like in like this gated commune, almost. Mm-hmm. It was built on a piece of property that was part of like a whole compound thing. Yeah. It had a name. It was a ranch, wasn't it? Yeah. Something, something like that. Ranch. Was it something ranch? Oh no, no, no. Um. Oh my, I'm I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good. It's okay. It's all right. I think I've got other easier ones in here. I think. All right. Does it have to do with Waco or anything with Waco? No, the name Waco is not in it. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. It's called Mount Carmel. I am sorry. What? 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 I know. I feel like that makes no sense, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Mount Carmel. Okay. Are you kidding? I didn't know much about this cult until I started doing research for this podcast for the questions, but actress Allison Mack was a <gasps> master in which cult? Nexium. Yes. She? Oh, she's the one who branded people. Yeah. So bad. So, oh. Yeah. So that's, gross. That's an odd one. Man was straight up trying to have orgies. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> you know what? We won't. We won't go there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's another tangent that we just don't need to go on. Okay. I mean, I feel like... I don't know. I'm not going to go... I'm not going <laughs> to... Do you think... Ew. Do you know what I'm saying? What? <laughs> it's the things that men, men will do. Yeah. To, to get some. Right. And, I mean, and they how, somehow think that they're the superior gender, but it's... But here's the thing. For you to have to go to that extreme just to get laid... It says really, a lot about you. <laughs> it, not only does it say a lot about you, but what it says to the rest of the world is, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Like, if you weren't already disgusting before, you're sickening now. Yeah. Like, not in a good RuPaul way. Yeah. Like, not, haha funny. Yeah, not sickening. Yeah. Number seven. The Order of the Solar Temple... Base their ideals on what? You heard... I feel like you've heard of them. Yes. Okay. That's, um... The Order of the Solar Temple. That was the mom and the daughter, right? I don't know. I... I, See, here's the thing. I looked up cults and, like, killer cults, and, you know, every time I saw one that I either hadn't heard of or that seemed probably a little familiar to me, I would click on the link i read a little bit about them and if i saw a piece of information that i thought would be good for a quiz i would write it down so 
I felt like this was like a pretty generic question where it was like, because every cult has a foundation of some sort, yeah. whether it's like a religious foundation or some sort of mythological yeah. uh, foundation. And wasn't there's like astro- astrological or something like that? Or not, not quite. Well, like it heaven's, with like heaven's gate was uh, astro astrological yes. because of oh, the sorry. the whole hellbop comet thing. Yes, and Jonestown based their off of religion. Off, yeah. yeah, like most people do. Like and then you have, and then you have Nexium, which is just a sex cult. Yeah. And you know, that's that's pretty much the foundation of most of their cults. Yeah. Is that it's based on something that they feel like they can pass mm-hmm. off as like a real thing. Is this a- not satanic, was it? No. There's wasn't the Order of the... The Order of the Solar Temple. But I will say, take the word temple and think about it, because that... Huh? Like, mythology, or... Not exactly. Thinking of temple Judaism? Not quite. I think I've definitely gone through my okay. three guesses. Which um, I've done more than three. So they base their ideals off of the Knights Templar. What, what is, is that? that? The Knights Templar? Yeah, it's like for an oath of poverty, chastity, and obedience, and renounce the world, just as the Cistercians. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this word, but like essentially living like monks almost. Oh, okay. So there was that. (laughs) Like that's interesting. Number eight, L. Ron Hubbard is the founder. Scientology. Okay. (laughs) I hate that. I. Okay, bonus point if you can tell me who the poster child is for Scientology. Cruise? Yes. God. I'm going to do plus two. Yuck. I literally hate... <laughs> Sorry. Good old Maverick himself. I I hate Scientology. I really do. It's... Bowie took her Kong. Um, okay. <laughs> he's like, my now, my. So you got two points for that. Number nine, Rulon Jeffs was the prophet of the FLDS group from November 1986 till September of 2002. How many wives did he have when he died? It was 65. Yep. 65? Yep. I was, I, I was thinking either 65 or 68, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was 65. I mean, you would have been close. I mean, 65 would have been spot on, but 68 would have been pretty close. Yeah. He had 65. Yeah. Which is nasty. I saw the uh, Stay Sweet, Pray and Obey. I saw the picture with him. I'm sorry. It's not funny. It's not funny because he died. It's like I'm I mean, not saying that he died and it's funny. But the pictures right. of the women smiling While he's around the his coffin. Right. And I'm not just like... Not like a little sweet, like, mm, they're taking our picture. With like they, are smash- they are cheesing full teeth. Right? Around his coffin. <laughs> and it's really, <laughs> it's like almost comical, but also kind of unsettling. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know how to feel about it. Uh, let me let me just put it this way. Rulon Jeffs was not as bad as his son Warren Jeffs in terms of being a, a, a leader of a group. You know, but I think when it came to selecting who should marry who, I felt like that was a little skewed because there were, like, he died at, like, what, in his 90s? Yeah, 80s or 90s, I can't remember. Yeah. But he was still marrying women as young Mm -hmm. as, like, 18 years old. 
forcing them to have sex with him. Like, that's where I kind of draw the line in terms of his morality, you know? All right, number 10. 28-year-old Raphael Torado was the victim of a drive-by shooting from which cult in 1982? I think this one they did a documentary on, I think. Is that... I don't remember. Um, there was a, is that the one in Mexico? No. In fact, I think the one you're thinking of is going to be the next question. But it's not this one. Okay. Was it? Is it in the United States? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. I don't know. Okay. I, uh, you want me to tell you? I'm already down so many <laughs> points. I it's okay. I mean, Colin has done a lot worse than this. So, I mean. How um, many do I currently have? Uh, you've got, you have six so far. Out of 15, that's not good. I mean, we still got one, two, three, four, five, six more questions. Okay. So you've got, you've got chances to redeem yourself. Okay. You might know some of these. Oh no. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, I, I didn't even know some of these, but I'm, I. Oh boy. Do you want me to tell you this one? Yeah. The Chicago Rippers, a- a.k.a. the Ripper Crew. That wasn't the guy, I think, did they talk about him on Morbid? I think they did. I know they talked about him on Crime Countdown, but I don't know Was if they... Was it the sacrifice? Did they do sacrifices too or no? Something like that, I think to a degree. I don't remember. Number 11. Mark Kilroy was a victim of which ritualistic torture by who? Um... Now, here's the thing. I couldn't find the name. I don't know why they don't really in, they, they talk about the name of this cult specifically. Yeah. The, the, it's more affiliated by the name of their leader. Oh, I don't know the name of the leader. Oh, God. Okay. I just know it was a ranch in Mexico. He was abducted, and then they did, like, a, a sacrifice. They, yeah. Like a sacrificial killing yeah sacrificial killing and then resulting in um the dismemberment and yeah of his body yeah yeah it was terrible the leader's name was adolfo Con- constanzo and i believe i believe the group was called the narco satanists oh yeah which is a weird name number 12 which cult is known to have committed the world's second largest mass suicide it, this is a lengthy name, too. Which is odd. Oh, is that the one in Canada? No, that's not the one in Canada. I don't know. Is Hang that on. that one in Canada? Or no, that's Hilltop, isn't it? Hilltop's Canada. I think. God, you're typing. Yeah, because it's a lengthy freaking name. Oh, no, it's not in Canada. Southwestern Uganda. <laughs> Whenever you say Uganda, all I can think of is Book of Mormon. Okay. <laughs> Uganda? Where is that? <laughs> anyway. It's quotable. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Want me to tell you? Because it's, it's a lengthy name. I don't expect anybody to remember the name of this group. Okay. Okay. The Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Right? I feel like I may have heard of that, but I couldn't even tell you it, if I it was actually a, it was a family that had like mostly female kids and grandkids and nieces and apparently the father was 
uh, molesting most of them and had killed some of them and had stored their bodies in his house. Ew. Yeah. I, I believe that's what happened here. Rose McGowan and Joaquin Phoenix were born into which group? Oh, I know this one. Yeah, which I, I, I knew of Joaquin Phoenix. Rose McGowan, I, wasn't she the friend in Scream? Sydney's friend? Yes. yes. Uh, which is interesting. It was in, oh god, what was it? Something. They kind of went by two different names. Hold on. Let me think for a second. Oh no, that's the Canadian. I can't. I almost said Hillsong, but that's not it. No. Although I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix is considered Canadian. I'm not sure. Um, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's Hillsong. Okay. I think it's in. It's in California, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But they did travel, oh. too. So. Shoot. They were called the Children of God, also known as Jeez. Family International. Yes. Yes. Children of God. I think... One of the podcasts? It was either Jared Leto... Oh, really? Or Brendan Urie from Panic! at the Disco were... Also born in that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's There's interesting. There's, like, a couple of people who, who are in Hollywood now who are, like, raised in that. That is interesting. I'm thinking it was maybe Jared Leto because during one of his acceptance speeches for like an award, he talked about how his mom like got him and his brother out. Like he, she ran away from the cult yeah. with him and his brother. Okay. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Maybe it was, I think so, but I don't remember. All right. Number 14. And I'm going to, I'm going to go slow because this name is going to be hard to pronounce, but let me see if I can wing it. So... Mystic Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh had a reputation of being what? Have you ever seen the docuseries Wild Wild Country on Netflix? I have not. Okay, because that, that's what the docuseries is based off. It's based off this guy. Was he supposed to be like a healer? Or a, no. Or a, like a, what do they call it in FLDS? A prophet? No. 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 He was known as a, a guru of some sort. Oh, like a self-help or a health, uh, mental health guru? Not exactly. Sex guru? Yeah, sex guru. Oh. I was like, listen, <laughs> cults are about three things. Right. If they're, if they're Money, not- religion of some sort, whether it's spirituality or like religion, religion, and sex. It's gotta right? be. Right? <laughs> like if, if they're not, if they're not a, a religious leader or a, uh, like spiritual or uh, like a like a MLM like we were talking about Nexium I think was like a MLM or some shit yeah like um, a pyramid scheme yeah then it's, then a it's sex about cult. sex yeah. <laughs> money one power of the sex literally one of the three right all right number fifteen this is the last one so let's see how did Angels Landing leader Daniel Perez make money was it drugs no drugs? no this one is this one's really fucked up <gasps> this isn't the denim jacket people is it i don't know denim jacket people there was a cult that made so like in like the, wait a minute in the 80s and 90s 
they had like these denim jackets that like full on had like murals on them. Mm-hmm. Like like Madonna, Michael Jackson, like people like famous people had them. And it was apparently a cult was making them. They made like these like denim jacket like like they were like painted and they had like yeah, I said pretty much like murals on them. But maybe that isn't it. So it wasn't clothing. Wasn't drugs. Um, I'm not seeing anything about jackets. I listened to so there's this one podcast I listened to called Small Town Murder. I think I've told you about yeah. it a couple of times. One of the people who he had killed somebody mm-hmm. in a small town and he went on the run for a little bit. He joined whatever cult it was that made like denim these denim jackets with like murals and stuff on them. So that's why I was just like, I wonder if it was that one. <laughs> it's something a little bit more heinous. Do you, do you want me to tell you? Like an assassin or something? No. Kind, well, not assassinations, but um, he. I don't. I don't know how to say this without giving anything away. But other other serial killers have done this. And I mean, not just cult leaders, but serial killers also. Like pawning off stuff from people that they killed, or not quite. Okay. So I mean, I don't want to say not quite because they weren't essentially taking their possessions and reselling them. But I, yeah, they they would they would hurt people pretty badly. Oh. Yeah, like beat people up for money. Mm. It's hard. Again, it's hard to say. Like Do you want me, people? You want me to tell you? people? Think of Dorothea Puente. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Okay. So okay. yeah, like kill people, but like steal their stuff. Like kill people and steal their stuff. Or like their life insurance yes. and all that stuff. There you go. So what he would do is he would take life insurance policies out on his or followers like, yeah. and kill them. And then just collect the life insurance policy. Yeah. Like, that was more than three guesses. So I know. you don't give me the point, that's fine. I'm going to give it to you because it's like, I mean, for those of you who don't know who Dorothea Puente was, she was a woman who ran boarding houses and um, would take these tenants in who the society would have deemed like, what do you call them? Not low risk, but like someone that people wouldn't necessarily check up on regularly. So, like, yeah. the homeless or the disabled or things the elderly, like that. Like, people elderly, who were yeah. elderly who maybe didn't have family, either didn't have family at all or, like, didn't have family nearby. Right. And she would, like, take their social security and their, or, like, life, put out life insurance policies on people. Yeah. Yuck. She was so, not a nice lady. So, let's see. I'm going to tally up. Ah. I did a really piss poor job. I can already tell. It's okay. I gave you two points for that Scientology one because mm-hmm. that one is just. Oh, it, have you seen the Leah Remney? Yes, I have. Okay. So. It is unsettling. Yeah. You got eight out of 15. It's not bad. That's about half. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, half of 16 is eight. So, I mean, it's a, not- a 50% is still an F, Leah. <laughs> But still a fail. It's okay though. So what did you? How did you feel about it overall? These questions were hard. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's I okay. mean, like I said, when I did research on these things, I didn't know over half of the cults that are on that yeah. quiz. So learning about them was interesting. Knowing a bit about their philosophy was even weirder. But yeah, I just thought those ones were like weird. Yeah. Especially, like we said, the FLDS docuseries that just came out was 
a bizarre one. And then, like, you and I have heard about the Manson family one a million times. Yeah. Jonestown's also another one we've heard a million times. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Heaven's Gate was probably, like, I wouldn't say the most non-violent, but... Well, they weren't outwardly violent. Yeah. To people. But they were... And they weren't... They weren't violent prior to the mass suicide. Right. I think it's just the fact that, like, Bonnie Nettles, when she died, things kind of spiraled from there. Yeah. And maybe Marshall was trying to get a grip on things, running this cult without her. Yeah. And that's when things started to become a bit erratic with his philosophy. But he was probably kind of trying to, like, crack down on following these philosophies. Yeah. But one thing you and I had talked about a while back when we were thinking of, like, cults and stuff... A lot of times what cult leaders will do, and I don't understand why they do this, but they will predict an apocalyptic event. It tied tied in with an actual like public event that's going on either on a national or global scale, and then it happens and then nothing nothing. Happens. Like like yeah, like the public event will come and go and nothing happens. And then they'll be like, JK, uh, we were like just testing you or like all oh, they said because we, what was it? Because, like, we listened and we were, like, ready, like, that we, like, deemed ourselves worthy, so they're giving us, like, more time. But, right. like, the end is still eventually going to come. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, will there be, like, a fiery apocalypse? Maybe not today. Yeah. But it's not, not gonna... like, exactly two months from now. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Like, and it's just the fact that, like, okay, so, for example, the FLDS one with the winter olympics yeah so warren jeffs had predicted that the winter olympics was it the winter olympics it was being held in utah and he predicted that if the olympics was going to continue to take place in utah then that was going to be like the end of times for the mormon religion and they packed up all their shit in salt lake city and they moved down to short creek and even, like, even if you watch the documentary, some of them even said, like, that didn't seem right. Like, when the event came and went and nothing happened. And he, now, some of them, they can tell he was scrambling at that point. Like, okay, now that I've, I've gotten them out here, but now they're wondering what's going to happen. What do I do? And I think it was just so interesting, too, the way that they had kind of, like, it snowballs from there a bit. Because, you know what was really interesting for me when I watched that documentary? I hate to keep talking about that one in particular, but because it's the most recent, the most fresh in my mind, I think it's interesting that, like, the fact that the FLDS cult had kind of started at a pretty, like, early point in time. Mm -hmm. Before Warren was born... When Rulin Jeffs was still an active leader, and even people before him mm-hmm. were active, they had built this, again, like a foundation. They had set up the rules, they had established a hierarchy, and they mm-hmm. had laid out everything for their followers. Like, this is what is happening. This mm-hmm. is how life works, yeah. essentially. And then Warren Jeffs comes along and fucks it all up. Yeah. It's like how did we how did we or they allow him to continue to fuck up like that? Like not to say that anything that Roland Jeffs or the people before him were doing anything right. Yeah. But how does somebody like Warren Jeffs go from taking a structured community into something way more darker than what it was already? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's and it just seems so crazy. And then like like there was a moment in time where he not only was kicking out all the young men from the cult, he was starting to kick out older members from mm-hmm. the cult. People who had been part of the community before Ruin. Yeah. And were like people who were recruited from outside of the community in. Mm-hmm. And because like uh, it, here's the thing, it's scary how smart these people are. Yeah. Because Warren just was smart enough to recognize that those people that he was kicking out were in some way going to be able to influence the others to leave with them and say, hey, this is not what we're signing up for. And what Warren is doing is not good. So we need to leave and go start afresh somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm like surprised that it got, it got to the point where it is even today because it's still actively running. Yeah. And he's from jail even still doing like sermons and stuff and, meeting with people like over the phone and right it's insane right it just doesn't make sense it's odd Mm -hmm. is there anything you wanted to talk about before we signed off or not that i can think of i don't know okay i guess in terms of cult cases is there anything that you find intriguing or scary like i mean there's a lot of things that are intriguing and scary about cults yeah but is there anything that comes to mind? I So, I understand how people like that can get, like, people to follow them because they're often, like, really good communicators. They're really persuasive. Um, they're really good at, quote-unquote, making connections with people because for the person that they're trying to convert and bring into their cult or group or whatever they presented as their religion for that person they were making a connection i don't in any way shape or form believe that the person who is in charge actually is connected with any of these people there i feel like it is very like uh one-sided yeah so i get how they can persuade people because also like target people who are like down on their luck or who have been through traumatic events or are lonely and need somewhere like a community to feel a part of in things like that Uh-oh. but yeah there is a psychology when it comes to how uh recruiters pick people yeah it's and almost like how like people who like are abusers in mm-hmm. relationships it's like that same type of thing where they know they have like it's almost like a sixth sense of like people who they know are like easy to like target right and so I get how, mm-hmm. but there are some times, like, my, not that they're, like, my favorite cult, but, like, the one I am the most intrigued by is Heaven's Gate. Yeah. I just want to know, like, so, like, with Jonestown. Okay. And with, um, I think, like, even Hillsong and, like, some of the other, like, Children of God, it's all... FLDS is all mm-hmm. religion based for in religions that were like have been structured for a long time so it's like I can see how they're like well it's just like this religion and it's like but we're our own little group we're like a family blah blah right. blah and that's how they like bring people in I want to know how you get the pamphlet or you get the DVD or the video or whatever when you join Heaven's Gate and you listen to what is being said and you go 
Yeah, yeah like, that makes sense. Yeah, like, what is it that Marshall Applewhite <laughs> is saying like, in that creepy video that resonates with you? Like, right. what is it? That is that the one that you... I'm just like, I'm so confused on how they got so many people to join. Because I'm like, I listen to it, and I'm like, huh? Right? <laughs> you like, won. Even, like, even when you listen to the people who, like, Scientologists, when they tell you, like, yeah, they're oh entire God, I literally can't. That, I'm yeah. Like, Heaven's Gate and Scientology are very, like, to me, they're, like, very, like, close. Yeah. Also, I I also want to, like, I wanted to touch up on something that was interesting. Because when I, like you said, when some some cults are religion-based. Yeah. And religion, most religions are based off of another one. Yeah. The oldest practicing religion in the world is Hinduism by, like, millions of years. Mm -hmm. The youngest practicing religion of about 2,000 years is Christianity. Mormonism actually, like, is the most fairly recent, and that came about, like, what, in the 1800s? Well, maybe not that far back. I'm thinking, like, 18 or 1900s, even. Yeah. They're they're fairly new, but even that is still... Mormon religion is somewhat of a Christian or Catholic-based religion. In, in terms of, like, they don't practice any, like, major holidays and they don't participate in anything that's, like, I don't know, mainstream. But the fact that it's, like, even cults are religions based off of another religion, baffling in a way of how we can, like, like, we can observe a practice like Christianity and in some ways kind of respect it for what it is. But still kind of keep in the back of our minds that Christianity is, again, it's a 2,000-year-old practicing religion that in some ways has taken their practices based off of other religions. Mm -hmm. Like, I've heard people dissect the Bible, and there are certain parts of the Bible that co-in-line with Celtic religion Mm -hmm. and other, other things. And it's like... Uh, how do how do you justify the fact that like even like people who practice Christianity who are like my religion's the the primary religion and it's the most superior of all other religions? It's like no, because your religion's only been around for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Before that, you had Hinduism, you had Judaism, you had Buddhism. Even it's like those things came before you, and even like the Celtic practices were probably long before. Christianity, mm-hmm. and it's like, and you're telling me that mm-hmm. you think your religion is the most superior when you've had all these other like texts and yeah. things before you, like, yeah. like I don't know. It's just it it's odd for me. Yeah, and that's why I think like when we look when most of us look at cults, you know, we we hear the philosophy behind it, we hear mm-hmm. the ideology, ideology, and we just kind of sit there and look a little puzzled as to like. How, again, how did we get here? Like, how? what made you think that based off of point A, yeah. that we're now in point B? Yeah. Like, how did we get here? Yeah. By the way, Mormonism started in 1830. <laughs> okay. Good thing you Googled because I wasn't quite sure. Because the Murder on the Mormons docuseries does cover a bit of the history of the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. But again, it the whole story behind it is just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Joseph Smith, I believe, is the original yeah. founder. Yeah, and he's from Rochester, New York. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Fuck! Yeah. Ew! I know. Okay. Yeah, it started in, er, yeah, was it Rochester? Upstate, somewhere upstate. Hold on, let me see. So, Fayette, New York? 
Fayette. Yeah, F-A-Y-E-T-T-E. I'm not sure where that is. So, let's see. Not far from where we are. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, it's southeast of Geneva. So, yeah, it's not far at all from where we are. Oh, God. There are a lot of Mormons around here, though. Yeah. Which I'm like... Well, I mean, it is considered... Listen. Well, I don't want to say it's considered the holy land for Mormons, but if Joseph Smith was from Fayette, New York... And that's where he had his original, like... Yeah, that's where he found the golden plates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then... There's a a Church of Latter-day Saints in Brockport. Ooh. Yeah. Creepy. Every time we drive by it, I'm just like... There's also Jehovah's Witness, which I think that started here, too. No? Or close by? I don't know, but I remember Jehovah's Witness... You know, that's another one that when I looked up cults, that name came up. Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of like Jehovah's Witness, Ku Klux Klan... Well, yeah, and, that's... And a couple other, like... Well, I don't know if I would call them a cult. As I much of like a... I feel like that's like a... As much of like a... a lifestyle? Uh, <laughs> no, like a... Uh, An upbringing? Like a... Like a bigoted group. Yeah. I mean, they're very, very much bigoted. But, I mean... Yeah. Or like a bigot group? Is it bigot or bigoted group? But they're bigots. I think... They're yeah. racist and they're misogynists and they're disgusting yeah. people. So, but and that I will you, not apologize for. But when you Google cults, KKK and um, Jehovah's Witness do come up. Jehovah's Witness is, Jehovah's Witness is very odd, and they are very persistent people. Yeah, I used to work at a nursing home, and we had a couple of residents who were Jehovah's Witness, and yeah. it was, uh, it was, yeah. It was a little intense because we used to do like parties and stuff and they would get really upset about it. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to go, but like not everyone here is Jehovah's Witness. Well, because part of their religion is that they don't practice. Celebrate anything. Yeah, exactly. They don't celebrate birthdays. They don't celebrate major holidays or anything. When I worked at the hotel a few years back, it's in Henrietta, the Mm -hmm. hotel. It's like 10 minutes away from RIT, Mm -hmm. maybe less. But... Sometimes. I drive by it on the expressway now. I see it, and I'm like, my sister used to work there. It was a trashy place, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Very trashy. But, like, um, anytime a convention was held in the area, so there would be Jehovah's Witness conventions. Mm-hmm. We would offer, or or not we, I should say, the, primarily the hotel. It was the groups themselves. They would call up, like, a year in advance and say, okay, we've, we've selected the time that we're going to be having this convention. We would like to... Uh, book a set of rooms for our guests who are attending the convention. Mm-hmm. So we would get families, we would get people, we would get people who would be speaking at these conventions, mm-hmm. and we had a very strict policy about no soliciting on the property. Mm. And they all had to agree to that and be like, look, if we start to get complaints from guests that or you're anybody... you're trying to convert people? Yeah, that you're trying to convert people to your religion, we will have you immediately thrown out. Mm-hmm. So I was glad at least that we had a very strict policy and no tolerance bullshit about this. But I was like, yo, I didn't even realize they were a whole ass cult. And I'm like, this is creepy. Yeah. Aside from those, though, we did have another convention that uh, was hosted in Rochester around that time was like, a scrapbooking convention? No I shit. Love that. <laughs> right? That's like the most wholesome convention you a could lot ever of, have. A lot of like middle aged to older women. Right? I mean, here's the thing. As mild as you can possibly get with any sort of convention, they were very demanding. And because you said they're like 
middle-aged white ladies, they all had to be accommodated for some sort of thing in oh, one way, yeah. shape, or form. Like, first of all, we we had an ice machine on each floor. I mean, we were like a two-story hotel. So sometimes we would get, like, guests from that club who would call and be like... 1872, so even Mormons are older than Jehovah's Witness. Oh, Mormon, yeah. Mormonism started in 1830. Jehovah's Witness started in 1872 in Pittsburgh. Nice. Yeah. How do you feel about today's episode? I think it went well. I, yeah. I'm a little bit disappointed in myself about the quiz portion. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. No, I'm mad at myself. I'm like, come on now. How about this? How about if we if we ever do... Redemption. <laughs> not only a redemption... If you ever want to do, like, a true crime trivia episode again, I'll have you be the quiz master. And you can stump me. And yes, <laughs> make me look like crap. No. That's <laughs> no, okay. I don't... I'm okay. We're sisters. We're kind of, like... Competitive. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> Colin and I will put, like, wagers down on these things. Like... I can't. Because if I... If I'm not... If I go... Oh, yeah, I'm confident I got this, and then I start not doing well. It's not good. Cracking under pressure, yeah. Yeah, I'm a sore loser. It does not go well. But, like, for me and Colin, like, we'll just stake claims on, like, well, winner gets to pick the next restaurant we go out to, or um, loser gets to, I don't know, do the dishes or something like that. Like, nothing major, but, like, we usually have that kind of fun. I think we've said our piece about cults in this episode. I, I would definitely like to do more true crime conversations with you because these are fun. And again, not to diss Colin or make him look bad, but when it comes to true crime conversations, I do enjoy having somebody who's more conversational you. than uh, somebody who's like, yeah, uh-huh, okay, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, can you contribute more, please? Yeah. It's like, this was a fun episode, and I... I hope to have you on again because this is again really really fun to do. Yes, and I thank you for coming on, filling in for Colin. No problem. He, he greatly appreciates you stepping in. Oh, no problem. Yeah. Next time we'll we'll three do one. I don't know. Oh Something. yeah. I know. We got to figure out a, a good like topic that the three of us can. Like I said, if we do a a re was it re remake debate. Remake debate, or even if we can talk more about, like, true crime film adaptations. Oh, yeah. That was one he and I talked about earlier today, because I asked him, I was like, have you ever seen Lake Bottom, or Bottom, with a D? Mm-hmm. Morbid covered it, like, in the beginning <gasps> oh, of their yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was, like, one of their first, like, five or ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. And they did make a film about it. I haven't seen it. And then there's Wolf Creek that mm-hmm. I wanted to watch. Okay. That looked odd. Okay. But if you ever want to, like, do something like that, we could. Yeah, That'd be course. fun. That'd be fun. Oh, you know what we should do? Since we were talking about Ted Bundy earlier, we should have you on again, and we should talk about the extremely vile, shockingly evil and movie. Don't even get me started on that goddamn movie. <laughs> Why? Did you not like it? I did not like okay. it. Well, you know what? We'll hold on. It's a hot take. I know. We'll hold <laughs> oh, off yeah. on it when we have you back on again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. It was not good. <laughs> so as always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and others. And you can follow us on Instagram under the Abby Normal Podcast username. Thank you for coming on this episode, Emily. I appreciate you. Oh, uh, no problem. Anytime. Anytime. 
All right, so we're signing off. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.